do not be afraid of making bold moves. Bring your own chair to the table. Being in a meeting, you're not quite sure, should you walk into the room, you're young, you're starting out. Yes, if you're invited to the meeting, walk in, sit down. I love the idea of bringing your own chair. We're not talking about leaning in. We're not talking about getting a seat. Just bring your own chair to the meeting. Real quick note, my family and I just got back from an incredible cruise with UnCruise. Now we'd experienced what cruising was like on a big ship with thousands of people. And frankly, it just wasn't for us. But this one was completely different. It was a small boat of less than 100. We had an amazing time where we saw whales and other wildlife, inspiring nature, hiking, kayaking, and bushwhacking, which is hiking without the trails. And we received incredibly personalized service, guides who get you off the beaten path and gorgeous sunsets. Everything was so easy and with no lines. They provided incredible meals, including sustainable seafood, not to mention a list of impressive cocktails. My wife, daughter, and I loved it. When we returned, I asked UnCruise to become a show sponsor, and I was excited when they agreed. Right now, they're offering special deals on cruises in Baja, Mexico, and Alaska that includes the incredible luxury, service, and adventure that we experience. To learn more, go to benleads.com cruise. That's benleads.com cruise for the latest deals. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hey there, Lead the Team Nation. Welcome back to another great episode of Lead the Team. Today, I have for you a treat. Emily Ketchin, who is Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of Lenovo's largest business group, Intelligent Devices. And by the way, and it's of its international sales organization across 180 markets. Now, if you're not familiar with Lenovo, it's a 62 a billion with a B revenue global technology powerhouse ranked number 217 in the Fortune Global 500, employing 77,000 people around the globe. Emily, welcome to Lead the Team. Thank you so much, Ben. It is great to be here. Thank you for having me. Y'all are going to be captivated by Emily's voice. She's got like the ultimate radio voice, and she's on the West Coast this morning, bright and early. She sounds like she's already on fire. So (laughs) I guess it's truly a round-the-clock job for you. This is true. And (laughs) you know, my good friend Coffee helps. There we go. My good friend, Coffee. And by the way, I, f- I forgot to mention, you also worked for HP, LinkedIn, and McKesson. So, wow, street cred just oozing from your career. But I want to rewind it back to the beginning. What advice would you give your younger self today? You've obviously had a story career, got a long ways to go too. But thinking way back, what's the advice you'd give your younger self? I think that's a great question. And it's always a it's always something that is really good to reflect upon. What I would say is do not be afraid of making bold moves, both in business and in your personal life. So many of us are taught to be afraid of being uncomfortable. And I actually think mm-hmm. that that is where the richness comes from. That is where the resilience comes from. 
And so I really encourage everyone to kind of embrace that sort of uneasy feeling that you might get when you're not sure about something. And so I think being bold is really important. I also think it's super important to show up. I often say, you know, bring your own chair to the table when you're in the context of being in a meeting, you're not quite sure, should you walk into the room, you're young, you're starting out. Yes, if you're invited to the meeting, walk in, sit down and contribute, carve out that space for yourself. The other thing I think, Ben, that's super important that has always served me well is the notion of really remaining curious. And I actually look for that when I hire people, right? Are they asking questions? Are they curious? Are they really seeking to evolve their knowledge? Because the reality is that is a baseline for what I think Mm. of as the growth mindset, right? The ability to sort of be able to think. So those are a couple of, of pearls I might share for folks who are starting out and things maybe I wish I had been able to push a little bit more on. But those are those are definitely a couple of them. So bold moves. I love the idea of bringing your own chair. Yeah. We're not talking about leaning in. We're not talking about getting a seat. Just bring your own chair to the meeting. To the I, meeting. I love that perspective of listeners. Hey, think about that. What can channel it in your next Zoom meeting, your next teams, or physically in the office? bring your own chair, show up, make a space for yourself and your ideas. Now, what do you say to a leader? He's like, look, uh, bold sounds a little edgy and like it might get me fired. People aren't going to like me if I'm that bold person. I mean, what's your, what's your advice for the tentative? So I think you have to be true to yourself. Authenticity is incredibly important. I could say be bold. If you're not comfortable being bold, that might not resonate with you in the same way that you know other folks think about bold. My point is be comfortable being uncomfortable. Be okay feeling uneasy. Be okay feeling like, ooh, bold might not be the right move right this minute. The point is, is think about your contribution in the context of what it is that you can bring to that table. Mm. And so if bold means I'm going to be a little more comfortable being uncomfortable, that's great. The, the 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 adage is you're starting out. You're just getting your sea legs. Be comfortable with this is a little awkward. I might not know exactly what to say in a meeting. Mm-hmm. Listening is a, is a great start, but don't be afraid. I think is my is my message there. Yeah, don't be afraid. I like that. Don't. What I'm hearing that is, hey, find your old version of bold for you. Whatever it is that makes you slightly uncomfortable. And uh, someone said to me, you know, that uncomfortable feeling that you're experiencing right now, that's that's what learning feels like. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You cannot grow and learn unless you feel a little bit uncomfortable. It's also okay to make mistakes. Don't make the same mistake over and over again. That will not, please. That will not serve you well. But oh. I think that um, part of that you know, anchor back to that level of discomfort is is also the way to counteract that is in the mm. notion of curiosity and being a lifelong learner, right? One of the things that I think about is how can I bring a perspective that is different to the table and do that by learning myself, right? And so mm. when I think about here, here's a here's an example. All of us were coming through the pandemic. All of us were experiencing this notion of work from home and starting to head back into the office. The beautiful thing about what I get to do, Ben, is our technology 
is a huge reason why we're connected, right? Look, you're right in my house. I'm right in your studio. And it's all enabled by the products and services that we bring to the table. So as we were emerging from the Mm -hmm. pandemic, Mm -hmm. we did some research to really understand what would Gen Z and millennials be thinking about as they were coming back to the office? And did they want to come back full time? Or was there something else? And we found Mm -hmm. through this research that we conducted a nugget that said they wanted to work from anywhere. But the truth is they wanted to work from anywhere and do good. And so we came up with a very audacious idea to uh, bring people to an island off of the coast of Chile, 400 miles off the coast of Chile, Robinson Crusoe Island. And we put together an initiative called Work for Humankind, where we anchored it to the local community in the Robinson Crusoe Island. We infused technology through a tech hub. We worked with an NGO island conservation to pull in 16 volunteers from around the world who were able to do their jobs so they could work from this location Hmm. and they could do good. They could get out onto the island and help with the biodiversity that exists there. They helped to teach. They helped to digitize the history of the island and make contributions all based on what I would ladder back to curiosity and listening and understanding what are your customers thinking about? What would serve them well? And the nugget in that research that came out was, yes, I want to work from home. Yes, I want to have the flexibility to go into the office. But the nugget was, I want to be able to do good. And how could a technology company help to facilitate that and leave a legacy of good in this incredible island? And in fact, we've done it you know, the program and a couple of other places in India and in North America, that there were moments there that were really tricky to navigate. And so that's what I mean. Find that thread, be curious to counteract maybe that that feeling so much, uncomfortable. So much good in that example. It that's really incredible. Cause we so a lot of leaders talk about, well, one way to motivate your team and keep them engaged to help them understand the impact of the work they're doing, because it can be, they can, they're only doing a little piece of what's happening in the business and they lose sight of like, why am I doing this in the first place? I feel sort of like a hamster on a wheel, but that example, they go out and have an immediate impact, right? Hey, we're getting, we're, we're bringing technology on the Island. I'm living on the Island. I'm contributing. I'm digitizing their history. I'm being a part of it. And they can see the work. Now, are they there? Like, how long are they there for? Is this sort of like Survivor, where they're like digital Survivor? (laughs) What is it? That's an interesting analogy. (laughs) No, it's not quite like that. Um, We did the program for several weeks. And so they were in in the island and they were in a tech hub, which we actually created a, a foundation to drive for the future. We actually trained people on the island to be able to keep it alive and keep it going. But the the volunteers came and went and they got to have this experience. They got to be able to do their jobs. They got to actually be able to spend time on the island, creating these different connections, scientists, um, botanists, teachers. It, it was really an incredible opportunity to do that. We upgraded the the level of the internet there so that you know folks on the island also had a lot more ability to be able to communicate in and out. And I think the the idea is how does technology transform that experience and allow people to 
really be anywhere. And that was, again, paying off sort of that notion of how it is that you use technology for good. It also very much, Ben, was something that appealed to the target audience around Gen Z and younger millennials, which is a really important audience for us. And so there was a a good business reason to do this as well. So cool. And I love the way that it it just ties together so many great things about leadership and engagement and marketing all in one great project. And it's great for our listeners to think about how they can do that for their teams and organization. How can you bring the meaning and the experience alive for them of what they do, the contribution to the broader world? And uh, wow, I mean, what a, I, I can't imagine what those brainstorming sessions were like. You're like, hey, everybody, I got this idea. Let's go get an island. <laughs> I mean, it just, how did this so, come together in the, in the company? It's it's actually a great question that you're asking. And I will tell you that that oftentimes the best ideas that we have are the ones that make me initially the most uncomfortable. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> in the <laughs> Is middle this a good of idea. Well, right. Ooh. And the pandemic was not technically over either, right? So oh, there, yeah, yeah. right. I mean, Ooh. so this was, yeah. So you really had to be thoughtful about that. Hmm. You're bringing people in from all over the world. They had to do, it, it, I, we, we probably don't remember this, but they had to go back and do their two-week quarantine before they could get to the island. And then when they were on the island, they had to be very careful and very thoughtful about how they managed. So yeah, there were moments of, of this idea where I thought the level of audacity was was really high, but that also is that tension. And, you know, you talk about great marketing and great creative and great insights. It's generally because there is a tension there. And so I think that's something that you want to mine for the birth and the bringing forward of these great ideas that can be fraught. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, if you continue to work them and you continue to believe that they are the right thing to do, you you can you can get there. We all had moments, but I think those are the kinds of things that that really show that level of insight to execution that great marketers can see and can recognize immediately. So good. Yeah, that discomfort can be a a sign that there's something more there. And kudos to you and the team for being open to something like that. Uh, that's the first time I'm hearing in something like that. I think, I think a lot of our listeners, it'll kind of open them up to the possibilities. Are you looking to increase sales, grow your brand and share your leadership message? Then check out our business podcast program. Each week, more people listen to podcasts than have Netflix accounts and one third of the U.S. population listens to podcasts regularly. So your customers and team are already listening to podcasts. It should be yours. Discover our five-step profitable podcast framework and what results you can expect for your company by setting up a 20-minute call with my team at benleads.com slash schedule. That's benleads.com slash schedule. Thinking about your career a little bit more here, Emily, when's the time you had an unexpected twist or failure in your career and how did it lead to your own personal success or growth on down the road? It is just mortifying. I have to tell you, I was young, early days, and I was working and one of our leaders was going to be recognized and given an award. And I was 
super excited, Ben, because I was going to get to go and be a part of this. I was going to get to go and see it happen and, and, and be in the moment, which again, early days, I was in my early, early twenties and this was a big deal. So I kind of glibly looked at the name of the hotel where the luncheon was happening and didn't realize there were two hotels that had very similar names. That's not uncommon, right? You have a this or you have a that. And darn it, if we didn't show up at the wrong hotel. And there we are, and we're dressed up and we're ready to go. And it's so exciting. And I wander in and, you know, they have valet park the car, blah, blah, blah. And they look at me like, no, there's there's no luncheon here today. Mm. (laughs) I mean, horrifying. Now, the executive I was with was very gracious. We got to the right place, but here was the lesson. Preparation is everything. Mm. And I tell people, you do not want to be unprepared. You want to take the time to be very, very prepared. And, you know, I was at LinkedIn for a little bit of my career, and that is a great way to get prepared before you meet with somebody. Who are you meeting? What might their interests be? Where might your mutual connections be? That's one way to get prepared. Never be on your back foot, right? I can say, bring a chair to the table. You will have a much better experience at the table if you're prepared. Have you done your research? Don't forget you know step what the one. Agenda is? <laughs> exactly, right? Do you know what the agenda is? What is your point of view? What research have you done about that? How can you contribute? And sometimes your best contribution is to listen. But that was a very painful lesson that was one of those, I will never let that happen again, right? And so I mm-hmm. would just say, when that happens, do your very best to learn from it and don't beat yourself up. It might've been a rough week for me because I was like, how on earth? But all failures will give you two things. One, a great learning and two, a wonderful silver lining. And here's the silver lining, Ben. When people make mistakes, it's important to be gracious and to give them some grace. I didn't mean to do that. I was so embarrassed. He knew that. And he wasn't rude or I think we should just go back to the office. I mean, that could have gone many ways, right? It could have gone many yeah. ways. And it was a very lighthearted brushstroke of, I guess we're going to be a couple minutes late. Good thing we left a little early. And it could have been just so much worse, right? So learn and seek that silver lining of what you think you can take forward and pay it forward in your career to somebody who may trip or stumble and show them some grace in the moment. So powerful. And you're exhibiting a key leadership trait, which is self-reflection. Like, that's how you grow. If you have a if you have an experience, a mistake, and you don't think about it, <laughs> you probably didn't learn as much from it. But this happened to you a long time ago, and you've really processed this thing. And so it's a great example for leaders to think about for themselves. You know, I, I want to ask you a little bit about something that that you have written about, which is the modern CMO, which is chief marketing officer for our listeners. And the CMO versus the CGO, which is the chief growth officer. And what is that comes up for me in this, especially in the, in the world of podcasting too, is marketing versus sales. And how do these worlds interact uh, going forward in a positive way? And I'd love to get your perspective on that, Emily. Yeah, that's a great question. And there were a couple of different questions inside of that, right? So what does it take to be a great modern marketer? 
And then how do we think about chief growth officer versus chief marketing officer? I've got a, a very strong opinion there. And then the notion of, of sort of marketing being nested in sales. So kind of three little fun areas to probe there. First of all, I think the modern CMO, the demands and requirements are very different than they used to be. And I, yes, have been in business for, you know, three decades plus. So you have to be able to iterate. You have to be able to learn. You have to be able to move forward in your career. Marketing has become far more technical. Now, Mm -hmm. in my case, that's a blessing because I love technology and I've been in technology for a very long time. You work for a technology company. So this this plays to your favor. It it plays, it plays to my, it it tickles my fancy, right? So to speak, because I Mm -hmm. love things that are technical. So when we get into conversations about, let's just say account-based marketing and the technical Mm -hmm. stack that is required in a corporation to run that between your MarTech, your ad tech and your sales tech stacks that all have to come together, your content strategy, your databases, your data lakes, all very technical, mm-hmm. but very important. And just one piece of the puzzle of what the modern CMO needs to know, because you still have to drive the insight. You still have to tell the beautiful story. You still have to connect with your audiences. You represent your audiences. How are you developing a media plan? How are you working with an agency? So I think the demands are very varied. I also think that companies expect the marketing organization to be able to translate that value proposition in a truly unique way. And that is getting Mm -hmm. harder and harder, right? As things are changing. So I think there's those demands continue to grow. That for me is the beauty because it's the challenge. It's what's stimulating about the job is it, it, you know, the days are never the same and the, and the actual opportunities are never exactly the same. So that's one in the context Mm -hmm. of CMO versus CGO. I actually think a chief marketing officer is a chief growth officer. And I get nervous Mm. if there's two roles, right? Because it makes me feel like maybe the marketing organization isn't doing what it needs to be doing. We are responsible for growth. That is our job. We should be growing the bottom line. We should be creating inelasticity around our pricing. A CFO loves that more than anything on the planet. And so truly, right? You want to be driving Mm -hmm. growth in in all these different areas, mining for the insights into new markets, the ability to tell a story a little bit differently. You know, a good example for us is we have a product diversity office, which I've Mm -hmm. never seen in all Mm -hmm. the years I've been in technology. And it's an office that is dedicated to ensuring that our products are an absolute reflection of our audiences. Innovation comes from Mm -hmm. diversity. And so being able to represent, you know, different people, different ways of working in all of the products that we have is truly foundational. It's a cornerstone of what we believe here at Lenovo. And that is why we have a product diversity office that allows us to look at products and make sure we're designing them and testing them for, you know, this incredible ability to to represent all of the people that we actually serve. And then in the context of marketing versus sales, mm-hmm. in this, you know, my very first job was was actually marketing as a part of sales. And so I think I have mm. always had okay. the notion that they're super connected. You might have a CMO or two that say sales is not really the number one goal. I, I think that's crazy, right? You have to be tightly connected to your sales organization. In my particular role, Ben, I represent the business unit 
but I also represent the sales organization in its entirety because it's super Mm. important for me to be able to translate the value proposition from that product to the story that our sales organization is going to go tell our customers or make the promise or solve the problem for customers, right? A lot of what we do is solve their own internal technical problems. And so I think it's super important and can't be either or. That's really cool that you represent both, you know, how you, how you enter your workday, you're thinking sales and marketing at the same time. A lot of organizations that I work with and our company works with on podcasting, that's where things start to break down is when we're working with, like we often get brought in to work with marketing, but our solution on podcasting is always very sales driven. Like if it's downloads, don't necessarily equal dollars or top line revenue growth for the organization. And sometimes those two groups don't work together very well. They don't speak the same language. And it always makes me sad when marketing is doing the podcast and talking to sales because the podcast will get cut because they'll say it's not driving sales for the organization. But it can, but the two have got to communicate. What do you do when you like, what's your recommend? This is a little bit personal getting into it, but what's your recommendation for bringing those two worlds together in an organization where they've been allowed to sort of grow separately? Yeah, you you find the common threads, Ben, and you you bridge those, right? So mm. I think a great way to do that is to infuse the power of purpose. So if you can anchor everybody to what we're actually here to do, rather than me versus you and, you know, why is marketing doing this and sales really needs that and you guys don't really know what what we do. I think a great way to bridge that is to really understand the purpose and to bring it back to what is it that we all want out of this, right? Every one of us is working for Lenovo and what we care about is that we're successful and we meet the needs of our customers mm. and we do it in mm-hmm. a way that is anchored to our our brand and to what you know what we bring to the table and a big it. part of that is purpose you you've heard me talk about tech for good you've heard me talk about you know product diversity to represent all of the folks that we serve and to really ladder to innovation because it comes from diversity so those are the things that we can bring to the table but you bridge that back to the sales organization and get everybody on that same page. It's not easy, but if you listen, it's a lot easier and you really try to understand their point of view. Yeah, I like that. The power of purpose. Bring it back to the power of purpose. Why are we here in the first place, people? Yeah. Oh, it elevates the dialogue yeah. and nobody is going to say, oh, I'm not here to do more for our company or sell more products or do this for the brand. I really rarely, right? So if you can bring it back to that higher order purpose, oftentimes you can get everybody on that same page. I'm just here to protect my own fiefdom and my own budget. So I can <laughs> I've never heard that before ever. <laughs> what do you mean, Ben? <laughs> that's yeah, that's the secret conversation. All right. So what's a tool or gadget that's contributed to your success that listeners can go check out? You know, my cup runneth over on this one because I get to um, see, I get to see and have time with lots of our different um, products. I'm super in love with our ThinkPhone at the moment. It is a product that we launched, and it's designed to work with your products. We have this very unique Think to Think 
software where it connects right into my ThinkPad and it can, you know, fluidly go kind of back and forth. It's designed for business. It's beautiful. I'll make sure we, uh, we show you one of those, Ben, but they're just, I mean, it's, it's my latest and greatest favorite. The ThinkPhone. The ThinkPhone. I love it. Yeah. The, the whole integration piece is the future and it's things are becoming so much more integrated and it's great that Lenovo is jumping on that and absolutely because it's it is annoying when things don't don't work fluidly together yes that's right that's right or people into your studio early in the morning that too ben (laughs) i gotta have to talk cameras after this (laughs) because not happy my situation on the camera front um so starting to starting to wind this up here what are three success strategies that you believe every employee needs to prioritize I think I would bring it back to some of the things that we talked about, right? Be okay being uncomfortable, make the bold moves, mm-hmm. and whatever you do as an employee, be curious, ask the question, contribute, and be a team player. You know, I think that's really important. Anchor to purpose, anchor to the things that we're here to drive forward. But I think I would say that that advice stands not only for for things I wish I had known better and been more comfortable with when I was early in my career, mm-hmm. but even today, when I think about what I bring to the table, I'm okay being uncomfortable, exploring. You know, change is our friend, and and it certainly is in this business because technology is continually evolving. We're always looking for the next frontier, the next innovation, the next thing that we can bring to the table to make life better for our customers. So we live in that zone of change. And I think that's that's an important place to feel comfortable as well. Emily, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Ben. It's been great to be here. Would you or your CEO be a good fit for this podcast? If you know a uniquely talented leader who has a story to share and a message to deliver, then we'd love to host them on the show. Go to benleads.com slash apply to fill out a quick form where you can let us know a little bit about yourself and my team will take a look to see if we're a good fit. That's benleads.com slash apply. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.